Hi everyone, in this episode we're talking about building a commercially and environmentally successful business with Gareth Dinnage of Seagull Printers. How are you? Yeah, I'm well. I'm well, thank you. I'm well. It's um, it's Friday, so um, yeah, uh, productive week. And how are you then? So um, a lot's changed since uh, I walked into the agency down in... Um, Godalming, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, well, a little bit's changed. Um, I work for myself, run my own uh, design firm, but it's not who I want to work for. Yeah. Um, so part of this is to try and get in touch with businesses and you know uh, organisations who are in uh, more in line with what I think and what I want to be part of. Um, so I'm hoping that this will be. It's a bit of a. It's a bit of a three-pronged attack really i have a learning some new skills and doing something i've been talking about for for donkeys b getting in contact with you know you know like-minded people who can then explain what they do um and start having conversations to make because what i find is that um i don't know about you it's it's easy for people to be overwhelmed by all the information that they get with regards to environmental issues or um, social issues or things that need to be addressed and it can be depressing and overwhelming and you don't actually get any information from people who are in the process of doing it, have done it, been there, done it and who can break it down into you know understandable chunks so that people can listen to this and me included um get some information make a decision on what they can actually do Mm. that's really the podcast idea um and the overarching principle is um to have conversations with people who have direct positive impact on people society and the environment um and understand what they've done that's why it's called so what did you do so there's that's my little uh, round roundabout pitch of why this is how it is. No, um, that's good. that's good. I I I I admire what you're um what you're setting out to achieve. It's it's really important, Nathan, because you know we've all um the the more of this um that happens, which is why I'm so keen to 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 do it, and I get involved in quite a lot of these things, is that you're just you know continuing the conversation. Um, and it's that continuing the conversation which is so important because in these really challenging times, um, it's so important. I mean, you know, government's talking about opening up the first coal mine, deep deep coal mine for 30 years. Um, because well, that's of, progress. Well, exactly. So, you know, the, the, the energy crisis is, is now, you know, stuff's happening where people are actually going back on, um, what was said to be the most important things, and and we can't let that happen because uh, you know these are just blips in time. We 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 can't be sidetracked or lose our focus, and so um, it, it's so important to keep the keep the conversation going and keep the belief in why we need to do what we need to do and why we need to do it now um, and not you know next year, next decade whatever it is um it, it's so important yeah well this um i mean that brings us around to around to you obviously you're doing stuff now but you have been doing it for a while if you can just give a quick overview just for the people who listen um a bit about yourself um that'd be great a bit about the history and 
you know, what was the catalyst that prompted what you do? Sure. So um, I'm Gareth. I'm the MD of a company called Seacord, uh, and we are. Um, I think I'm, I'm I'm comfortable in saying that we're probably the most sustainable printing company on the planet, which is kind of a bold statement, um, but I can back that up. <laughs> so 26 years ago, uh, 26 years ago, we found out just how damaging our our industry is. The printing industry it's it was amongst the fourth largest manufacturing sectors in the UK, uh, but was the fifth worst environmental performer, um, and that's because it is it's a huge consumer of resources uh, just very quickly the way the way that it works and the impacts that it have um, printing uh, we've got big heavy machinery uses lots of power um, that power is is generally not renewable um, we consume lots of water the water's not wet enough you had to add loads of chemicals into it not a great idea um, these chemicals then evaporate into the atmosphere and they become airborne VOCs which is volatile organic compounds um, it gives our children asthma for instance, uh, creates ground-level smog with NOxes out of car exhausts. It's not a good um, situation. Um, we then produce, um, uh, use lots of paper and produce lots of uh, waste and, and landfill. Um, and so you put all this together and you think, wow, that's okay, I can understand the impact that it has. So we found this out, the board before mine found this out and said, no, we're, we're not happy with this. Um, we want to be we want to do something positive. And so at that point, Nathan, 26 years ago, we went from being a linear business model, which which pretty much 99.9% of all businesses are since the Industrial Revolution, where they're focused on output uh, and a single number at the bottom of a P&L, to a values-based business, which right. is gives equal measure to the environment, to society, and to profit. And it's only when you can actually... Change, fundamentally change your um, your what your right to exist is, what you fundamentally believe your business should be doing, that you can actually um, put the important decisions on parallel uh, with financial decisions. And so at that point, for the last 26 years, we, we, we asked ourselves, whatever the decision needed to make, be made, will this improve the environmental performance of our business? If it was a yes, then we would do it, regardless of the fiscal costs. If we hadn't uh, become a values-based business, we would not have been making or been able to make these decisions because it wouldn't, you know, it's financial lunacy in some of the instances. Um, but you, you persist. And so over that 26-year period, what we've gone is we've gone from um, being part of a very polluting, industrial, heavy, resource-intensive industry to where we are now, which is actually, uh, we've got two sites here in Oxford. Every time we're running, um, we collectively are taking more carbon uh, out of the atmosphere uh, than we are responsible for producing in our entirety, not just our two sites here, but in our entire uh, supply chain. So from forest to end of life and everything in between. And so actually, we've got to a position where we as a, as a, as a manufacturer, as a printing company, are are actively combating our changing climate by taking more carbon out of the atmosphere. Um, we no longer use water. We invented our own printing process. We reduced our VOC emissions by 99%. We proved that zero waste to landfill was possible for a manufacturer. We haven't sent anything to waste, uh, any waste to landfill in 13 or 14 years. 
Uh, we wow. by the Queen with four Queen's Awards, uh, with the highest score in B Corp on the planet. Uh, we're best for the world uh, for B Corp. We're in the top 5% of all B Corps globally for the environment. We were recognised as, uh, as um, the most sustainable SME in Europe by the European Union. Um, so these are some of the, the highlight reel, if you like. That's, I mean, that's fascinating. I mean, um, just so the listeners know that um, we've our paths crossed a while ago, um, and I, some of this uh, is stuff that I've already I knew from our conversation there, which really floated my boat. And whenever it does has changed how I, as a designer, try and um, push print stuff so when i have someone come to print i'm always trying to push it down a more like using fsc wood and using this sort of stuff but what i found is that it it sounds like from that conversation we had it was six years ago or so that it sounds like you've gone from strength to strength and fundamentally your process has been a contributing factor to that so would it be fair to say that what you've invested in a certain amount of financial sacrifice has actually paid dividends later on by becoming a better business. Oh, absolutely, um, absolutely. The, um, the the hard work and and, um, and single minded vision uh, that we've had over the last twenty years is absolutely. People are starting to listen. Um, previously. Um, people thought I was a bit of a hippie, um, really. And you know, what's all this about? Why, why does it matter to me? I'm not, you know, I'm not worried about the polar polar ice melting and, and bears getting wet, you know. But suddenly, people are realising this stuff is real. Uh, the UK PLC have committed to uh, reduce our carbon emissions by 68 percent by 2030. That's seven and a half years down the line. It's not going to happen. The reason it's not going to happen is the speed of change is nowhere near where it needs to be, uh, and that we are not um, we are not uh, adapting as quickly as we need to. Um, with our proposition, what we know, I, I, I carried out a survey recently about net zero um, and um, taking a temperature of what businesses are doing, and, and people are at least aware of it. But the the problem, Nathan, is that people still see sustainability as a cost, yeah, for business, and that's the fundamental problem. And you you touched on it yourself, is that actually, if if you just purely look at it from a business perspective, forget the environment, forget your children, forget your grandchildren. If you purely look at it from a from an from a business perspective, this is the opportunity of a lifetime for any business. Because millennials, Gen Zs, everyone coming down the tracks, the most important thing when we're purchasing, when we as consumers are purchasing anything, specifying anything, is the environment, is we want to work with brands that are doing good. We want to work with people that, that believe in the same stuff that we believe in. And so for businesses to, to still see sustainability as a cost, an unnecessary cost, a burden, it's ridiculous and, and they're completely missing the point um, from a purely business perspective that this is the biggest opportunity. But you need to be, you, you know, what you say needs to be coherent um, and consistent with what you do. And so it's it's no good just glossing over a, a greenwash um, soundbite, which people see through. You know, you need to be 
you need to grab this stuff by the horns and really drive the agenda. And it's easy to do. I think that what you touched on there is realizing the ease or how difficult things are. Um, if you take um, a household environment, for example, and obviously businesses are bigger versions of household environments, everyone thinks that it's difficult to recycle and it's difficult to put the food waste in, do it properly and this, that and the other. Um, and it's not actually that difficult. It just takes a little bit of reorganisation of your mind to make sure you put it in the right place and do the right thing, X, Y and Z. So I think that understanding that that is part of it um, from a business point of view is one part, but then realising that actually your what you touched on is the the market um the the target audience is changing to a younger audience obviously because everyone grows so it's getting bigger and bigger of people who are actually thinking more and more about their future and seeing the damage that is being done and they they want to do something about it by spending their money Absolutely, yeah. You want to, you you know, people vote with their feet, and um, whether you whether you're whether you're um, an FMCG or whether you're business to business, it, it, it's irrelevant because we are all um, have a part to play in finding the solution, and so we all have to, you know, up our game and and, and easy things that can happen. And by the way, Nathan, you know what's really interesting is that SMEs in the UK represent around about forty six to fifty three percent of our uh, uh, carbon impacts um, it, it's huge and so there are it's down to all of us as, as, as business leaders um, to to really do the best that we can and it's so easy to, to, to start implementing change I mean it's very difficult at the moment with the energy I mean our energy costs are just it's horrific but um, you know changing to a renewable energy tariff when the opportunity presents is the biggest thing you can do. But also what's really important is people's supply chains. We, we, we don't operate in silos. You know, we're all interconnected. Yeah. Um, and, and so likewise, what you're, what you, what we understand that consumers are going to be looking for in the future, we as specifiers need to do ourselves. And so we need to look at our own supply chains and say, right, I'm only going to work and engage with customers or, or suppliers and partners that actually believe in the same stuff that I do. And then all the time you, you're just making positive incremental um, movements where, you know, you are making changes. You are specifying an electric car. You are moving to renewable energy. You are got LED lighting. You have got, um, you are auditing your suppliers. You are demanding um, better from your suppliers. And and these, there's no silver bullet. You know, it's taken us 26 years to get where we are and we still haven't finished but it's all about incremental changes and just breaking it down and just working through this stuff. What I, I spoke to a lady called Tessa, Tessa Clark, who is the found co-founder of Olio, which is an app that is a food sharing app. And she said um, pretty much similar things. It's little things that everyone can do that actually makes the difference. Um, because if, and this is what you know part of this podcast is about trying to get people to understand that you don't need some grandiose plan to plant a million trees or you know um, boil the ocean is uh, something that someone told me where it just seems too big and overwhelming and she said that you know just watching 
uh, her big hang-up was food waste and how much of a big problem that is with regards to the environmental issues, the carbon footprint and everything it's else. It's massive. It's massive. And also, I mean, it's a, another another story, but she was saying that um, every if more and more people use Olio to share food and other, they're expanding into other things, it's a little thing that you can do but accumulatively has a big impact. So if more and more, just taking it back to what you're saying, if more and more businesses are making small incremental adjustments that are in a positive direction, then the, you know, the compounding interest, if you like, of that is a, uh, is a much bigger benefit. Yeah, it's huge. That's exactly right. It's a little bit of something is better than a whole lot of nothing. You know, and, and it is just making steps at a time. For instance, really simple cycle to work schemes. Um, you can get subsidized bikes for your staff. Um, it doesn't cost you anything. The guys get a great deal because they get a new bike out and that's deducted from their wages, and you're taking um, a road, a, a couple of cars off the road. Or, you know, looking at the, counting the, 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 the carbon impact of your staff um, coming to work. And then work with someone like Climate Care and and, and um, invest in some cookstoves where it's taking carbon out of the atmosphere. I mean, there's 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 a million and one things that we can all do. Um, but it's absolutely right, Nathan. It is about the actions. It is about the incrementals. It is about doing something and not sat there thinking this is too big. I don't matter. My impact is irrelevant because the only thing that is relevant, the only thing that does matter is what we do and that's the truth of it and so every action whether negative or positive has an impact and so you know that's it so my 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 um whole belief my whole rationale my whole vision um and and why i'm so passionate about what we do is that i fundamentally believe that business can and should be a force for good both for the environment and society. And that's exactly how I'm driving this business forward. We are. We, we are actually a force for good. But that's not enough. Even though we're carbon um, negative as a business, which is in, in climate change terms positive, that's still, not, that's still not enough because I want us to be absolutely regenerative. We're regenerative from a carbon position, but I, I fundamentally believe that there is a business model that we're developing that will enable us to be regenerative as a whole business. Now, what excites me is I bounce out of bed in the mornings and I tell my eight-year-old I'm off to work to, you know. Save the planet. <laughs> right, exactly, you know, exactly. And it's like, you know, your, your whole title. So what did you do? Yeah. That, that's why it was that because it's highlighting what you did i mean one of the things that um you alluded to being regenerative and that's almost what's being overlooked i think that there's an awful lot of rhetoric going around sustainability when actually we don't want to sustain where we are we need to regenerate so that we can take almost like go back in time a little bit Absolutely. So, so what's what's you you you're, you're exactly right. So, the government have got this big thing about net zero by 2050, right? Um, uh, uh, and and they're getting people to sign up and pledge to be net zero by 2050. 2050. That's in 28 years time. 
why the hell are we talking about something in 28 years' time? This stuff needs to be done now. And so, so what you're saying about net zero is exactly right because it's not enough. We need to go beyond net zero, and this is why you need regenerative businesses. And there's a guy called John Elkington. John Elkington is the absolute guru, um, the, the the king of sustainable business thinking. He created, he, he coined triple bottom line thinking back in the mid nineties, right? And has now coined um, the 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 um, the model of of green swans. Um, the need, the absolute need for green swans. So a green, green swans, yeah. So a green swan, um, according to, to, to John, um, is a business that is actually regenerative. So if you look at um, examples of green swans, we're actually a green swan in our vertical because we're actually changing up how things are done in our industry. Other examples are um, people like Gusto, um, for instance. You touched on food waste. So Gusto recognised. Um, a long time ago, uh, that um, there is a huge, massive, obscene amount of waste uh, in the food chain, um, going from uh, producer to um, the, the the supermarkets, um, and then with a, when it gets into our own homes, and then the food that we don't use or don't consume or goes out of date and so forth and so on. So that has a huge carbon impact, not just carbon, but think about the water required to grow this stuff that's then gonna not being used and then ends up sat in a landfill creating methane right in a way. It's a it's a nightmare. So yeah, yeah, I, sorry, I was agreeing with you. That's <laughs> okay. So what Gusto said, well look, let's just just order what you want. So I, I love Gusto. It's brilliant. It, I'm, I'm like Jamie Oliver in the kitchen now. But I get a, I get a box that turns up and it's my meals for two or three days and it's exactly what I need. So it's exactly the portions of the food that I need for those meals. There is zero waste. I'm, I'm not having to go in and buy massive jars of stuff that I don't need or excess food that I don't need or food that's going to go out of date. So what this does, by this really simple um, thought process and challenging the existing status quo is I don't I no longer drive to the shop to do my shop. I no longer buy stuff I don't need. I'm focused on just getting what I need when I need it, and that's the end of it. Suddenly, my dog's really gutted because there's no scraps anymore. <laughs> there's no there's nothing coming off the table for Elvis. It's it's, it's all it's all being eaten. You know, Elvis has left the building. That's just a simple a simple example. Of and there are so many excellent challenger brands which are which are green swans in their verticals, which you know, which is why I, I, I am optimistic. You know, we are doing this stuff; it is being tackled, um, and business businesses actually are the are the are the drivers of this change. It's not government. Government are doing nowhere near enough. That there's no incentives. There's no joined up thinking. It, it's it's not good enough, in my view businesses are doing it because you've got business leaders such as the 4,000 B Corp um, uh, companies around the world who, like me uh, and like you, I'm sure, believe that actually business, we ought to do good. You know, we, we, we are in a position where we ought to be able to have a positive impact. Um, and that's fundamentally what we believe. I think that following on from that, I completely agree. And um, the food waste thing, as said, it, um, 
Olio are trying to address that. Obviously, I, I was unaware of um, Gusto, Gusto's driving force. I didn't realise that was the case. Um, but that's really interesting to understand. Uh, but people talk of a, a circular economy. And actually, as we're talking, I, I sort of don't, I don't necessarily agree totally with that. It's more of a, a spiral economy, the, the circular economy model, but it's driving it in a positive direction. Yeah, to an extent. I mean, what, what's really important um, with regards to the circular economy, and we've been within the circular economy for 13 years. Like I say, we, we, everything that comes into my factories uh, comes to goes to the clients as finished product or goes into a, one of, um, I think we're up to 18 recycling streams. I've even got wormeries on site here, munching through organic waste stream. Um, but what's, what's really important is that we are out-consuming our planet uh, more than it can cope with. So currently in the UK, um, we actually need two and a half Earths uh, to sustain our uh, consumption. I think the US is, and Australia are up to about four or five. Um, you can't continue this pattern of consumption, this content- pattern of extraction, fast fashion, for instance. Um, you know, this stuff all being used, being consumed, and then being chucked out um, and and it has such impact there's a there's a day that charts um throughout the year at, at which point um we go beyond the earth's carrying capacity in a given year okay right. so, so you've got so it's on a 12 month uh, basis this year i believe or last year um that that was moved forward to july um it shows you the scale of the problem we cannot continue and, and this is goes back to business models and this whole linear business model where people are just focused on consumption um, and, and, and not regeneration, this cannot continue because we simply can't contain, continue to, to take and take resources. So uh, avoiding uh, reusing materiality is so important, but also everyone's focused on carbon and rightly so, and it's really important. But what's really scary um, and, and, and not enough people understand this, is what happens when we get stuff going into landfill, um, which is generating methane. Methane is 27 times longer lived than carbon. So everyone's focused on this carbon issue, but it's like, guys, um, there's a whole nother problem coming down the track. Um, and that's, again, why why we're, it's so important. The circular economy is so, so important. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, I didn't, when I was saying about the spiral, it wasn't more to do with getting more and more. It was more being more and more positive, as in the impact that we're doing. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, fast fashion, methane, Olio Tessa um, spoke about the methane in land, food, in landfill and stuff like that yep. and rotting. Yep. Um, and But from a point of view of just going back a little bit when you said it's, um, we need to act it's sort of with an immediacy, it's yes. taken you um, an evolutionary process of 20-odd years to get to this point. So what can be done easily and immediately by everyday Joes, in your opinion, to and small businesses as well, medium businesses, bigger businesses, if you like, to um, sort of go, go along with this process to expediate the transition 
that's a big word, isn't it, for a Friday? That's Expediate. Pretty that's pretty good. There's, I mean, there's loads of stuff, Nathan. The, the first and foremost is the mindset. Uh, I go back to the first and foremost is the mindset. You need the mindset of change. You need to understand what what is your right to exist as a business. If your right to exist, if you think your right to exist is all about, I want to make as much money as I can, and that's my focus, fine. But that's how we got into this problem. And that outdated thinking, I'm afraid, is totally irrelevant and totally (laughs) last century. What we need is we need all business leaders to recognize what their right to exist is. It's not to make the most stuff the quickest way for the cheapest money and sell it at the highest price. That is no longer acceptable. That is not good enough. What needs to happen is the change of mindset to say, right, I want to create a business that I'm proud of. I want to have a business that actually is doing the best that it can, is giving back, is aware of its impact on the environment and society, is committed towards working um, towards a, a transition to a low carbon business. And so that's so important because every other decision that follows on from that point will be the correct one. But only as long as the decision is made for the people that lead these companies and and by the people that work within these companies as a collective, that actually, guys, we want to put our hands up and we want to do something about this. At that point, Nathan, then you start to make changes. Um, And it's easy. It's easy to do once you have that mindset because you are focused. You, You know what you want to achieve. You yeah. can change your energy to a renewable energy supplier. You can invest in solar panels on your roof. You can invest in a fleet of electric cars. You can invest in looking at recy- your recycling levels. You can invest in sensors throughout your buildings where you're only using energy when you need it. You can invest in wormeries. You can invest in auditing your supply chain. You can do a million and one different things. But only, only if you feel... That's what you want to do. Yeah, and if the education is there, in tandem with that, if the education and awareness is there of how easily accessible this stuff is, because I'm presuming that in your 26 years you found that to begin with things were, they were an easy decision to make, but they were relatively difficult to implement. And now, because you've gone through the process, um, you have learned the better ways to do it, the, the more, uh, dare I say it, the most efficient ways of doing it. It's probably the most appropriate term, I suppose. Absolutely. It's the same as anything. You know, the more you do it, the more you learn, the more confident you are. Um, but also, the, the world is very different f- today from what it was 26 years ago. There is... We were there was no handrail. There was no there was no information um, at all out there. Literally none. Um, and we invented our own. We we created our own roadmap um, and we walked our own path and we fell in holes and we had to go up hills and it was very challenging. Um, so now there is a there is a plethora of, of of information and resources available. You know, there's so many there's so many different resources out there um, that you can just look and say, right, what's the top five things that I can do as an SME that can have a positive impact. And there's lists and lists and lists and lists. And it's all, you know, this stuff is not rocket science. It it really isn't. And and what's really important as well, Nathan, that all businesses, you know, should 
absolutely take on board is that no one's expecting you to to to, to nail this um, in a moonshot. You know, the whole the whole principle of this, as I go back to, is a little bit of something is better than a whole lot of nothing. And so the fact that you start your journey, the fact that you you put your goals down, break your objectives down. In six months, in three months, I want to achieve this. In six months, I want to achieve this. In 12 months, I want to have achieved this. Make some um, milestones that you're that you're working towards that you can do whilst doing your day job because, you know, this stuff, this is on top of your day job and I totally accept that because I've been doing it for a long time. But break it down. Make some, make some short, sharp um, objectives over the next 12 months that you want to achieve. And then... Tell your tell your tell your stakeholders about it. Share the share the journey. Explain what you're doing and why it's important to you. And don't you don't have to wait until you've achieved these things. But if you can say to your you know stakeholders, we we want to do this because it's important to us, and this is what we this is how long we think it's going to take us to achieve it. Everyone will get behind you because people can can believe in the fact that you are wanting. To make change, you have a plan to make change, and and you're committed to do so. It it sounds like, and it, it um, relates to um, a you know business process in itself. Anyway, it's when you have a business, it's like, what do I want to achieve? How am I going to achieve it? How am I going to get there? Take small steps, and progressively, you get better and better. And it seems like that process is universal. And all you need to do is change what the focus of attention is. So the focus of attention normally is business, want to make money, how do we do that? Whether this is, this is I want a business to be um, successful, but I want need it to do it in this way, and these are the processes I'm going to do it in. And, exactly that. Yeah, exactly that. And take a first step and keep walking. Absolutely. And, you know, it, it's it's tough the same as all these things it can be tough it can be difficult it can be challenging we've all got businesses to run and you you know we need to keep these businesses viable and it's tough and these are really the last few years have been been difficult but let's sort of come back to what we touched upon earlier where you have to retain um the belief in you know who are you what what do you want to stand for you know we want to live a life to be proud of um, that's that's what we're doing. This, you know, we, we want we want to create something that we're passionately proud of. And and by all accounts, with your awards and B Corp certifications and stuff, you're uh, you're on the road to succeeding. There's always there's always another step to take. Like I said, the the next ambition for us is we we are regenerative uh, from a carbon perspective. So we are actively reducing the impact of climate change we are doing that now that's happening that's where we are that's kind of cool but what's kind of cooler is that if we can say that we are absolutely regenerative you know we are absolutely supporting biodiversity we are absolutely supporting society we are absolutely taking more carbon out of the atmosphere now that's super cool and i can look my uh, little eight-year-old boy in the eye and say well you know what this is this is what i did I'm doing my. I'm doing more than my bit. Absolutely. So yeah. Well, Gareth, I could carry on talking for ages, and I realised that um, you've got a business to run, 
and an earth to save and stuff like that. <laughs> but I, um, I want to sort of wrap things up, but I wanted to say um, if people wanted to um, get in touch, find out more information um, about what you do and how you do it, um, how would we go about doing that? Thank you. Yeah, so um, the, the company is Seacourt, that's S-E-A-C-O-U-R-T, um, and uh, our website is seacourt.net. So you can have a look. We, uh, our planet, in, planet positive printing is, is, is what we do and how we do it. Um, and so any, anything that uh, you need printing or large format or signage, anything uh, involved, we, we can absolutely help. Um, and you can reach, uh, reach us at info at seacourt.net um, as well. Brilliant. Well, Gareth, thanks very much and, um, and uh, hope to speak to you again soon. Absolutely. Cheers, Nathan. Cheers.